0: Welcome, fellow pilots and other podcast listeners, to another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman David Campbell. And with me today are your MEC Chairman Will McQuillan, Negotiating Chairman Chris Gruner, and MEC Vice Chairman Joe Youngerman. My hope in this episode is to leave pilots with a better sense of where we are in the negotiations right now take this time as as a bit of a snapshot of where we are right now, where we've come from, and what one can expect in the coming two to four week timeframe. And as we talk about the negotiations, I'd like to frame them in the context of problem solving. We have identified a number of, I would say, significant problems with the current contract, and we've identified those with the help of the pilot group through multiple rounds of polling and other means to gather input and data from the pilots. And that has been driving the work of the negotiating committee. And Will, let me just turn it over to you and
1: perhaps you can put a little flesh on on what I'm talking about here. Yeah, and I do. I appreciate the question because I think that it's hard for a pilot group to understand as they see negotiating committee updates that come out each week that say that we're making good forward progress in addressing your concerns, but then at the exact same time, maybe not be able to read between the lines of exactly what that means and where are we in timeline and why haven't we seen things like TAs announced and that sort of a thing. We've we've said it on previous podcasts, and it bears repeating here, that it's really so much of what we are negotiating and focusing on is intertwined, it's threaded, that so many things work off of each other to solve a particular problem. And in so many cases, they have economic components that really still need to be addressed in order to finally tie together to make that complete picture to solve that problem. So to your core question, I guess I would just simply say that, you know, we have been heavily focused on those pain points that the pilots have identified. The backbone of things that the pilots have said are critical, not just three years ago, but throughout polling, throughout constant feedback, input to their reps, these things have been clearly identified as issues. For example, within scheduling, the idea of ALPA having much greater control over pairings, and the ability to construct the schedules and transparency in the scheduling process, trading flexibility, reserve quality of life. These things are all core concepts that thread together in many different areas of the contract. And that's been, as we've moved forward, been the focus. And we're, we're making progress. We're getting there
2: yeah well i kind of like to think of it like a, a burlap sack that we're trying to draw closed and so uh, all these things need to come together before you can cinch the thing completely closed and so we're getting. A lot closer right now on taking care of all the issues that the reps have directed us to go take care of. So that's a big reason why we have another meeting scheduled here pretty soon is, again, it's another check-in to go make sure that we actually are staying on track with what your expectations are. And that's been the model that we've been doing, and we'll keep doing that all the way until this is done.
1: Yeah, and, and I do, I hear that narrative all the time. Well, aren't things, some, come on, something's gotta be closed. Something's gotta be finished. And it really is part of threading together a system, especially when we talk about these core issues that are important to the pilots.
2: Yeah, and we need to make sure that it's done right also. And so that's been something we've been really careful with. I know there was some frustration I heard from a few pilots, and I understand it, that why didn't we just put what we had out on the table and then tell the company to accept it because we've done all this work. Well, yeah, what we had worked, but at the same time, we need to make sure the language is right. That, you know, as we work through these different issues, we both understand it and that we're committed to it. And that as we adjust one piece, like Will, you said, we need to make sure that it how it affects another part of the contract, we're, we're moving forward. So all of that work has been, I mean, we've been going nonstop at the table to make sure that stuff's right. To make sure that we have something that is pulling together correctly and then now what we need to make sure is right is the values that we're plugging into it right in the economics part of the contract so that's going to be the next focus as we move out of this phase into the
1: next true and those are those core issues that are the final cherry on the top as long as those values are right and they meet expectations and they solve problems for example when we're talking about some of the scheduling issues then that finally cinches up your burlap sack
2: yeah that's right
3: yeah, I think that's uh, great, Chris, what you mentioned about, you know, uh, as far as why we're not putting out information, uh, this or that is done or, or it is all intertwined and it, it's it's all these elements that make up a contract and, a, and eventually, you know, obviously a, a TA. So if you're looking at a, at a painting in its entirety, You're going to have a much different opinion of it if you're just looking at one corner of it. So I think it's very important for pilots to understand that to really evaluate uh, the TA when it comes, you need to see it as a whole and not as just the parts. And so that's another reason why the information comes out as it does.
0: Well, so let's move on to another thing that you alluded to that obviously is on everyone's mind is are the economics. So what what can you tell us about that? Where are things sitting? What, what can we be expecting?
2: Yeah, so we've already been uh, passing economic proposals back and forth. So we're still working through that. The company gave us a proposal again after the one that they published to the entire pilot group. We've responded. And since then, we've talked through it a little bit and we're expecting another one back the week of the 29th at the same time we're meeting with the MEC. So we're still apart. We're still working through those issues. Obviously, it has a big impact on not just cost, but staffing when you're looking at a lot of these values. So it will take some work to get there, but it's something that the MEC is working hard to make sure that the whole thing, as the contract, I mean, as it comes together, reflects your expectations, and and that's been the driving force behind uh, what we're doing.
1: Right. I think that there's always a, an emphasis on like an hourly rate or a downline or you know certain things that we traditionally think of as economics, but also included in those economics are those core components to, for example, some of the scheduling stuff that we are talking about. And so they all have, from the company's perspective, a cost or a headcount implication, and from our perspective, a pilot priority and a problem-solving element to them, and we've got to get it Right. Right. And Chris, you know, another clear expectation we've heard from the pilots
0: as it relates to pay compensation, call it what you will, is some recognition of the time it's taken to get to a completed contract.
2: Yeah, we've heard that a lot. And so it's been loud and clear from all of you. And it's something that we've uh, we made that point clearly to the company that pilots do expect payment that reflects the fact that this contract hasn't been done as quickly as it has. So we need to make sure that we uh, take care of that, and that's part of the final economic package.
1: Yeah, it's a critical part of it, and it's something that's been made not just you know here at the table, but certainly in in other sidebar conversations. Everything else, we've driven that point home very, very hard. And so I, I think we hear that anxiety a lot from pilots, and uh, I just want to offer that assurance that uh, we've brought that voice clearly forward in many different ways.
2: Right.
0: Will, you mentioned something important, but but kind of briefly, so I want to be specific and explicit about this. There's a very valid concern that we could have an agreement on pay, and then shortly thereafter, the rest of the industry improves that, and then we're left behind again, and we've done some work to protect ourselves from that. So if, if someone can talk about that, I, I think it's worth repeating. Yeah, I,
1: I think it's an important part of our history that, again, when we talk about pain points that the pilots have said have got to be addressed, that between timing, timing of mergers, things like that, it's certainly something that uh, Joe and I are aware of, having you know all of us here in this room actually going through the merger and the JCBA process. So, you know, maybe let Joe chime in on just how important it is as far as the timing goes and making sure that we are never left behind again.
3: I think that's very true, Will. And and really, you, you go back to what's the goal here? What's one of the company's goals? And that is to make this an airline that pilots want to stay at for a career and to attract new pilots. And if you don't achieve the goal of making sure that we keep pace with our peers, we're right back to where we started. And so I think it's not only a benefit for pilots to keep pace with our peers with market rate adjustments. It's also a benefit for the company if they intend for people to make this a career job and for people to put Alaska in their sights as far as an airline that they want to make a career at. So, yes, I think it's very important. And we do hear that a lot from the group.
1: Yeah, and it is a shared, it's a mutual interest. That's why it was even in the company's proposal, maybe not in the manner in which it will ultimately come out or the manner that we wanted or liked, but the concept was certainly there because I think it's a shared shared objective.
0: Chris, up to now we've been talking about these big parts of the contract that are really important, obviously identified as pain points by the pilots, the scheduling flexibility, the job security, et cetera. I don't wanna leave the impression that that's the only thing you've been working on though, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. And when we got back together with the company, we took a thorough review of all the things that we needed to make sure we hit to get this across the line and work that carefully again through with the MEC. So we've been consistent with that. But yeah, throughout this whole time as we've been working on scope work rules, there's other things we've been threading in along the side that are important, but just not as big and complex. So we've been uh, keeping a lot of momentum on all these other issues as well to make sure that the final uh, result here uh, reflects what we've been hearing to the to the extent we can. We're working really hard to make sure that it addresses the issues that you've identified.
1: And among those, I would say that those are things that maybe we had worked through much earlier in this process were, you know, cross-check to make sure that they are indeed being addressed in today's eyes or view, if you will, because there are different and new things that have come up along the way in the course of time and making sure those priorities are addressed.
0: Well, as I opened with this podcast, we've been doing a lot of work to listen to the pilots, hear from them, and we get a lot of positive feedback. and and We also hear some things that are not true that we know are some circling around in the pilot group, maybe it's misinformation or, or rumor control. So. I'd like to address some of those so that people know what's, what's factual and what isn't, what's true and what's not. Will, why don't you just you can kind of probably tick them off, right?
1: Yeah, I could tick them off one by one, and I guess we'll get into some of the bigger ones. But I think that goes to my opening point, which is just simply that as we move towards completion and you don't have a whole lot of certainty and other properties are also in concurrent negotiations, that boy, does the, uh, the rumor mill fly. And I think us taking just a few minutes out of this podcast to take some of this head on, not just the concept that people are going to constantly have rumors of, I've heard this is happening at XYZ property, or I heard this is what we've agreed to. And it tends to start fires where there is absolutely no need for there to be fires because they're in most cases patently false. And even if there's a modicum of truth to them, it's far more complex than the, uh, the narrative might go i would start out by saying that there is no agreed to rate and there is no agreement on what we were talking about the the delay pay or you know the delay in getting this uh, this contract done in a timely manner i think that people should should start to get their heads around that that if there was an agreement on that that you would know we would have communicated it to you i promise they are literally the last items that we will be negotiating. And you will know in a very timely fashion when we've reached agreement. We have a very comprehensive plan to ensure that there is timely information and transparency provided to the pilots as we do reach agreement on these last critical things.
2: One of the big reasons we wanted to be careful with this too, and we've said this before, but your reps represent you and they, I think, do a, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but they do a great job making sure that they're listening to you and giving us feedback and I mean, we're making adjustments all the time. And so we want to make sure that we give them the space to get the agreement that reflects what you're telling them you guys expect. And so that's a big reason why we're moving things like we are.
1: Right. I've always appreciated the debate. I've always appreciated how functionally this MEC works. They do a good job of having a good, healthy debate. And understanding the needs of all the demographics of this pilot group and arriving at almost always a consensus on the direction in which we're going to move forward. And so that will also obviously drive the issue of rumor control, things like that. When we get to those critical final components, that input and that debate will be had. And I have no doubt that we'll come to the right answer based on what the pilots need.
3: I think those are good points. I think you really have to trust the process. And unlike another carrier that just had a very challenging experience with a TA, which involved all sorts of rumors that came out and most of them being wrong. You know, when you think about how many great things have emerged from spreading rumors, not a whole lot. I think this group is very transparent. We've polled consistently. We just finished another round of polling. We hear you, we understand what your concerns are. And those are are what we're working towards. And so I think pilots should feel confident and trusting in the process. And when there's a finished product that we can talk about, we will and have trust that we've listened to you along the way to get there. And so I I, I agree. I just think that uh, rumors just serve no useful purpose. There's no upside. They're, They're either incorrect in the negative or incorrect in the positive and neither is beneficial to the pilot group. And so I think people would do well to just dismiss rumors and get their information from their, from the negotiators, from their MEC and from their reps, like they always have, because uh, we will always be honest and truthful with you.
0: I have found that what often becomes a fertile ground for rumors is when there is a, a lack of information or a delay in information. And so I I wanna stress that we are communicating as as soon as we know things. And, And Will, would you flesh that out?
1: Well, that is certainly one of my commitments and certainly the commitments of this entire officer group, the entire governing body. This MEC said that this process would be transparent and that when there was something to tell you, that there would be information out there in a timely manner, and that still remains true. It goes back to, again, if pilots have heard a rumor or think that something is true they should reach out to their elected reps of course first and foremost and just also rest assured that once we do have something concrete to tell you about how things are coming together or a rate or anything else along those lines that that we're going to tell you that you're going to you're going to see that transparency and you're going to see it in large form if and when we finally reach a tentative agreement that the mec is comfortable with we will make sure that you have all the information in the entire world to understand the, the agreement that's been reached. And the time to
2: process it. So I mean our, our goal is to make sure you understand what we negotiated before you vote.
1: Right. That that gets into that what we talked about earlier, how everything threads together, how so many things are intertwined, how you could take something like the goal, the you know, objective of trading flexibility. And it's baked into so many different areas of a contract that it really does take time to be able to make sure. And we're going to make sure that you have that time to understand that in these various areas of the contract, this is what has enhanced your trading flexibility.
2: Right. And nothing's done until it's done. So when it's complete, we will make sure that you know those facts, that you know what it is that's complete. And uh, that again, you have the opportunity to uh, see how it reflects your priorities and the goals that you've been looking for.
1: Yeah. And and while we're talking about that concept of intertwinement, if you will, and how everything threads together, I think that comes back to rumor control. Because uh, I made this point on a pilot-to-pilot call that we had the other day, which is that oftentimes when a rumor starts out and says that a carrier has been able to achieve some magic component to their contract that sounds really, really good, remember that it's been through the process, it's intertwined, and that achieving that here, like logistically, genuinely logistically, it's not just a a matter of throwing money at it per se in a lot of cases, but it would come at the expense of something that would be completely unpalatable based on, again, three years of polling and consistent feedback from this pilot group to say that, yeah, well, achieving that would mean that we would have to do this in scheduling. Well, the pilot groups plainly said they'll never do that. So it's always the devils in the details and please wait for the wait for the details if you will and then see what you think about it I'd like to talk about a related
0: topic which it's not exactly a rumor but there is is some concern that as things have evolved rather rapidly in the industry that a does the MEC really understand what the pilot group wants and and what their priorities are have they changed etc and then number 2 is how well do you understand what's happening in the industry and what's happening on other properties? So let's have that discussion.
1: I'll be glad to start it off and then maybe let Joe finish some of that. Do we understand what's happening at other properties? Because he and I both have a lot of contact with the other properties. Uh, I'll answer it that way and say that, you know, my cell bill will, Prove it that this last week has involved a lot of dialogue with other chairmen at all the other properties that are negotiating and understanding, you know, exactly what it is that they're doing. Again, they are in almost lockstep solving the exact same problems we are in whatever way is most appropriate for their airline if you will. And we have a good dialogue about understanding where they're going, where we are, where we're going. And I think it's a very fair statement to say that we understand that element of it, where the industry is, how it's moving. And then, you know, like I said, that's me with other chairmen, but Joe has his work at National as our EVP, Executive Vice President, where he also just got back from having time with uh, with some of the other EVPs.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree, Will. And I think In the years I've been doing this, I I don't think I've ever seen the level of cooperation between various carriers, uh, unionized uh, pilot groups, on achieving a common goal. And I think, to me, this is how unionism should work. And it's really pleasing to see it play out this way. I think we all have a pretty good understanding of where each other are. And when uh, one of the other makes a stumble, I think we all learn from it. And likewise, I think when one of the other has... Uh, success or finds a pathway through a difficult problem, we all learn from it. And so probably like never before, we have a clear view of the landscape out there. And of course, there are always macro or outside factors that can change things, but uh, we can certainly react to them. And, you know, we go back to the market rate adjustment. That's a way of of making sure that, you know, we keep pace with our peers, because, again, as we've mentioned If the goal here is to win this fight for resources that we're in, to attract and retain pilots, management, this isn't like it was a decade ago, management has to be competitive. And so uh, I think that's the landscape we're in today, and I think we all understand that.
2: Yeah, and I think in, in addition to that, pilots are connected to their peers at other airlines in a way that they have never been before. You know, people are able to see what's going on in real time and the quality of life and everything else or negotiations or what expectations are across the board. And then we get those fed back to us, whether it's through your direct calls with the reps or through polling. And so we just completed another round of polling and uh, we're getting the results now, briefing it to the reps like we told you. And I think what we have seen is that it reflects what other airlines are seeing also from their membership as we talk through things. So Hopefully that gives you some confidence that we are able to stay in line with where the industry is going. We're working hard at it, and I'm confident uh, we'll be able to do that.
1: Yeah. And and some of those conversations are also kind of useful because when I socialize how it is that we're solving a particular pilot problem, sort of the, the reverse of what I just said, I'll get feedback from other parties that say, well, that sounds great, but because of XYZ in our contract, we couldn't get it. You know, achieved at at our property too. It goes both ways. I agree, Will. I was just going to
3: say that I think it's important to understand that while we do have commonalities with other carriers, we also understand, and I think this pilot group understands, that each airline's pilot group has its own culture, its own problems it needs to solve within the confines of its particular agreement. And what may work for one of us may not work for someone else. And I think as pilots, look at negotiations, it's important to remember that as well. There may be things that look good on another property, but they don't fit into that uh, the matrix of how we do things here, so to speak. So I I think, yeah, I think both both are true.
0: Well, as I opened this podcast, I mentioned that I I wanted to talk about what to expect in the next couple of weeks. And so we've announced there will be a special MEC meeting called two weeks from now. And I just want to I'll just ask you point blank, does that mean a TA is imminent?
1: No, it doesn't mean that a TA is imminent. I would love to emerge from the meeting with that achieved, but it simply means that we've reached a point at which the the negotiating committee genuinely needs to be able to provide a comprehensive update once again to the elected reps so that they understand everything as it stands now and to provide more information. Like we said, we're going to have uh, polling information uh, as we always do, information on the economic landscape from ENFA, and then to uh, get input, steering, for them to provide the input and guidance that the negotiating committee will need in order to work towards that that final agreement. At the end of those
0: negotiations, we you know we may have more to say that's positive, or we
1: may have more to say that's negative. That's correct. But the the, the reps will come together to be able to voice. The collective concerns and expectations of the pilots and then we'll be able to uh, bring those forward to the table and i would love for it to arrive in a, an agreement in principle that they could consider but we can't guarantee that the process will just continue itself until such time as we we do get there as i've said on many podcasts before when it's right it's right but I'm sure coming back full circle to uh, rumor control, I'm hundred percent certain that as soon as that special meeting announcement goes out, everybody will read between the lines and think that there's uh, there's much more imminent than, than there is.
0: Yeah. And so I, I just want to double down on that point. It, it is what it is. It's an important meeting. We will be making progress during that time, but we don't know what the outcome is. No.
2: Thanks Will. And Chris, what, what will you be doing next week? your committee yeah next week's a lot of process related stuff so we are um, taking the proposals and you know making sure they're threaded into the contract appropriately just working through the overall contract that's coming together and making sure that uh, all the pieces are there and uh, working with the company to make sure that we both agree on you know how all that's fitting together and there's always uh, some other last-minute or smaller issues, right, that you try to clean up along the side. So we'll still be doing some of that as well. Um, So, yeah, there's still a lot of work going on next week, I guess, is the point.
0: Yeah, and to put a finer point on it, I I think most people know this, but in case they don't, you've actually been writing the language as you go. So we aren't in a situation where you've just made agreements in principle without the actual documented language to back it up, right? That's not the situation we're in. Yeah,
2: that's correct. We've been doing full language all along. And so, uh, yeah, as we get closer to the end, it's really just going to be plugging in the remaining values or agreements that we come to at that point. But all the stuff that we have up to this point is, is largely uh, uh, completed.
1: And not just written language, but then trying to sharpshoot it and trying to break it. That's the, the value of having the committee structure that we do and the subject matter experts that we do is being able to take that language back and say, does this say, does this do what we want it to do? And in any event where it doesn't, this was another question that came up on that pilot-to-pilot call. How are we making sure that it's clear? We make sure that there's intent statements. We go back, we redraft, we tweak. We just make sure that it does reflect exactly what it is supposed to do. Well,
0: thanks, you guys. I think we've covered the, the big points that we wanted to hit in this episode. Will, anything you want to summarize before we close it
1: out? I think we can just start by kind of recapping what we said is that there will be an MEC meeting, a special meeting notice will go out next week obviously for the week of the 29th and that will be an important meeting to provide input to the elected reps and to consider the polling data that we have and to completely understand update and brief them on the landscape as we understand it, those conversations that, that I've had. Again, could mean that an agreement is reached or that it is not reached and nobody should react either way. Just understand that we'll be transparent Coming out the backside of that meeting with exactly what we've achieved and what issues, uh, you know, we're trying to address. We already said it. Rumors are dangerous uh, at this stage of the game. I appreciate the fact that they're always just going to be a part of life and something that we have to work with. But your your first point of contact really should be your elected reps. Reach out to them and try to find out exactly what it is that is and is not happening they'll be glad to be transparent and provide information to you at this stage of the game too it really is important to for pilots to kind of keep that 30000 foot view and to look back at what the priorities are to start to ask themselves you know what's important to me what problems have we experienced over time here at this property time and time again what's important to me What things do I need to see in this final agreement? Because eventually, as I always say, stay informed, keep that thought process going. You're going to be asked to evaluate an agreement, and you will have to decide whether or not it meets your expectations, solves your problems, or it doesn't. That won't be our decision, but we're working in your best interests to be sure that it hits the mark before it ever is provided to you for that consideration. You know, I could not be more proud of the pilot group, the patience that, you know, they've exhibited and the professionalism as well that they've demonstrated throughout this process. And uh, as I say, the runway just keeps getting shorter and shorter and stay focused, stay engaged, stay informed and stay professional. We'll get there.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Will. thank all of you for coming in and especially like to thank those of you listening to this episode. And this concludes another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I've been your host, Strategic Communications Chairman David Campbell.